This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. Did you know that JList is your home for all of your anime shopping needs? They have so many different things for you to choose from. They have Japanese snacks and foods, anime figures and DVDs, import and import PC and console, Japanese video games, plushies, clothing, and so much more. The selection is pretty much endless. So check out JList.com or the non-adult mirror site JBox.com for all of your anime shopping needs. And now... It's time to start the podcast. There's the exact same thing happened to me because I went to the bookstore and this poor bookstore clerk, I think she was just trying so hard to just sell me anything. She said, what is your favorite? And then I just mentioned that my favorite anime was Natsume and I started explaining what that was. And then I um, just explained that I finished Nana and I was explaining what that was about. And she's like, oh, I was going to recommend My Hero Academia. <laughs> I was like, she's like, I didn't know that there were stories like that. And I was like, yeah, there are and manga for adults too. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Welcome to the 476th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. We are now broadcasting from Denver, Colorado. And I am joined by the lovely Mandy, who is in Cincinnati. Mandy, how are you on this fine day? I am doing wonderful. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have done another Hobby Addicts episode, because it's been a while since I've done one. Yes. I'm excited to be here and talk about anime. We talked about a variety of things on Hobby Addicts, including Enter the Gungeon. We talked about Mo Dao Zushi, which is a Chinese mm-hmm. anime. And I talked about how I almost died climbing one of Colorado's 14ers. So you can check that out on our, on our Hobby Addicts. Also joining us today, we have the wonderful Mason, who is here to share with us his wonderful, exciting personality. Mason, <laughs> we're glad to have you today. That's a weird way of saying hot takes. But uh, glad so to be back. Exciting. I love I love when I get to join this with you guys. So thanks for having me. Mason's here to drop some heat rocks on your bitch ass. It's what I do. <laughs> it's just what Mason, I do. Mason, do you have any uh any anything special that you want to promote or anything today while you're here? We I oh. normally don't normally don't ask you, but you know you're here, so you might I, as well. I, I got nothing. Just just be my friend on Discord. Be my friend on my anime list, M-A-K-L-A-X, MacLax, and uh, we'll be best buds. But yeah, All come right. chat with us. That's he's it. So, he's so simple. He just wants to be your he friend. He could promote your band. Oh, wow. Is that a no? Uh, we, we, got a, we got a new singer trying out this upcoming week, so we're doing a whole oh. overall, so I'll keep you posted. All right. Well, if you want to get our Hobby Addicts, our hentai episodes, and our after parties, and just generally help the podcast out, help us continue to operate and, uh, and feel the love. You can go to aaapodcast.com slash join, throw us a couple dollars, and we will give you much more entertainment than you ever bargained for. 
So including hearing about how I almost died on Friday, which is probably worth it. Also, uh, on Facebook, you can, you can join us at facebook.com slash group slash AAA podcast. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on on Facebook. Icy Rose is always on there. Um, communicating with people, gathering information via polls, and just having discussions. So Icy Rose is doing a great job, as always. The Discord is... I don't even know how many people are on the Discord at this point. Does anybody know? Is it like... Is it like four, us. It's got to be like thirteen or 1,400 now. I just don't know. Um, but the Discord is... There's always stuff going on on there. Um, in particular, do you guys have anything uh, that you want to... Yeah? How many? 1,212 members. Okay, it's growing. So... Do you guys have anything yeah. in particular that you want to promote that's going on on the Discord real quick before we get started? Yeah, Manga Club. You should come and join us. On the 26th, we are going to be talking Vinland Saga. We're going back to it. Mason won't be here this time. Oof, oof. <laughs> but he was the only one who showed up the last time. <laughs> But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, our club has grown a lot. We've actually Mason and I have actually come up with some rules to kind of help you know speed things up a little bit, and make it a little bit easier. And if you go onto our Discord and go into the Manga Club uh, section, you can check the pin notes and you can see like where what we have coming up, what it, we are currently going to be talking about, the dates, the chapters, and just kind of kind of a little rundown of what we do. So. And also, we have the uh, Run With The Discord. That's still going on. It's not too late to jump on. And I'll probably be starting up another special fitness-related thing based on uh, an anime coming out next season. Maybe having to do with dumbbells. (laughs) So stay (laughs) tuned. We're going to be a bunch of fit boys. Well, I I gave up running, Mason, because I I herniated a couple discs in my back. But I... um, pretty much do the dumbbells every week so i will Very be joining you guys for that so um all right and uh, one more um one more thing i want to say before we get started the listener choice poll is up on the website you can go to the website aaapodcast.com uh it's also going to be on social media icy rose is putting it on twitter on facebook so get in there you can vote for what your favorite anime was from the this last season that we didn't actually pick so you can have your, your voice heard. On this episode today, we're going to be talking about strategies to increase Western West anime's Western appeal, suggested by Mora Itis, who is on the Discord. So that's where he, uh, he or she did that. Uh, and we're going to be doing a review of Bloom Into You, which is an anime that we're, we're pretty late doing. I think it's from way back in like the fall. It was the same season as Run Into You, or Run Into You. <laughs> run Into You. That's right, Run Into You. Coming up next season. Yeah, that was from way back when we were when, when we were promoting with High Dive. Watching Bloom you, with uh, the Wind. Bloom, 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 watching Bloom, Bloom with, with the, the wind. wind today. Yeah. All right, let's get the show on the road. It's time for big news of the week. Is anybody surprised by this piece of news? I was because I didn't read it till just now. <laughs> well, apparently the Ak- Ak- Sorry. Akira, which is a you know a, one of the most acclaimed manga and one of the most beloved anime yeah. films of all time, is getting a Hollywood remake. Uh, this was like a good god. I feel like this has been a rumor since like I was in high school, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, it's now been given a release date of May 21st, 2021, which is just blows my mind. It's been, it's, uh, Warner, Warner Brothers is doing it. 
The it's being directed by New Zealand director Taika Waititi, who directed, I think he directed Thor Ragnarok, if I'm not mistaken, back in 2017. And he also what directs they did in the, the best, shadows, the best vampire show ever. <laughs> Which is what? Yeah, what uh, what we do in the shadows? It's fantastic. Okay. It's hilarious. So he's pretty good then. <laughs> yeah. Not, I mean, that's a completely different style. I was going to say, he definitely has a range, but he has a unique voice with the camera. So it okay. could be interesting. So there had been a lot of unsettling comments about this movie ever since Warner Brothers picked up the rights back in 2002, which is when I was in mm-hmm. high school. So, um, Including that they were going to change the setting from Neo-Tokyo to Neo-Manhattan. But a recent variety magazine piece noted that the film is going to set in 2060 Tokyo so we can put that one to rest and uh, there was a lot of issues people were complaining about possible cultural appropriation and whitewashing but the director YTT said that he wanted the cast to be made up of quote Asian teenagers with quote unfound untapped talent so I don't think that'll be an issue Hmm. there either there was also a rumor that that they were going to make Kaneda and Tetsuo brothers, which is not what the original is at all, and we haven't heard anything about that either, but I'm guessing since they fixed these other things that that will be remedied as well. Do you guys feel like this movie should get made at all? And, um, and why are they making it? I honestly don't think it would hurt anything, probably after Ghost in the Shell, I would say. Um... I mean, after the most recent Blade Runner, like there is the capacity for good cyberpunk to be done. And I think the story of Akira lends itself better to Hollywood than Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. But I I think the most alarming of the details about Neo-Tokyo becoming Neo-Manhattan and then them reversing that, I guess, uh, that one would have been the most antithesis to what I want out of this movie but having it still set in Tokyo set at a later date where this futuristic is more believable I think that's all good calls I I feel like sections of, of, of the Akira story are very adaptable like the motorcycle chase is going to be great oh absolutely yeah the scene with the with the clowns and the bike gang it's going to be it's going to be awesome the, but I think the more mm-hmm. go ahead the more science fiction-y parts of the movie, I'm not sure how they will do it. But Because, I mean, people that have seen the Akira movie, the movie kind of gets more and more confusing, at least for me, as it goes on. Um, at least the movie. But I, I just don't know how they're going to adapt you know, all of the science fiction with you know, Akira and his remains and the psychic powers. And I mean, we'll see. But I, I just know that mm-hmm. there's a lot of room for some pretty intense, awesome action in, in Akira. And just, I don't know, some awesome just bike scenes. And I, I think it could be really entertaining. And I think, Mandy, I think you're right. After Ghost in the Shell has been done and also Alita. Also, yeah, I was going to say that as well. Battle Angel Alita. Like that whole motorball scene was really cool. Yeah, it was. And that was really like I feel like if they and... cut out some of the slower moments with like the children psychics in the middle of the movie and what a lot of people have trouble with with the original, the kind of confusing ending, if they just make up with that with the raw spectacle, I think it'll do fine. Mm. I, I, I hope they leave like the giant teddy bear out out and stuff, you know. It, it's a little odd. I think it's and by that I mean that 
people that haven't seen the Akira movie, there's a scene where the the three little psychic children are kind of they're they're pestering Tetsuo, I guess, and like the psychic ward, and they make themselves look like a variety of children's toys that are kind of like attacking him. And um, I don't know, like I, I don't think that things like that are gonna are gonna adapt well to the big screen. And so I don't know if they're yeah. gonna keep that stuff. I mean, do you guys think a giant teddy bear that turns into milk is turning into milk or something? Um, uh, wasn't there like a giant like there was like a car? there was like a flood that happened out of it. I don't remember if it was milk, but I believe it. Yeah, like it, he's drowning, and I, yeah, and there is a toy car. Like it's it's okay. really, it's very it, it, like that. It's very odd, and I don't think that things like that are gonna translate well to the big screen, especially for a movie that most likely will be. Oh, I guess I don't. I guess it doesn't have to be an R-rated movie. The the Akira original movie is definitely rated R. Mm-hmm. But um, the part making PG thirteen. I'm kind of excited. I wanted them to do this a long time ago, way back when they were saying that it was going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. There was that rumor from 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 years and years and years ago about this. And I do love Akira, and it is awesome. So, and for those of you that haven't seen the original original Akira, this is a good this is a good excuse for you to go get it and watch it. You know, not that it not not that you should need an excuse because it's one of the most influential films in the history of anime, but. Um, Go get it and watch it ahead of this movie, so you can have a little bit of background. I'm Anybody honestly from- probably more excited for this than the Cowboy Bebop live action. Yeah, I think this could make a better live action than Cowboy Bebop will. That'll be interesting. <laughs> well, the scope is certainly more manageable. There's yeah. there's so much that they need to cover with Bebop. I mean, I kind of feel bad for them. I don't even know how they're going to do mm-hmm. it. Anything else here, guys? I don't think so. Okay. Time for hot new anime releases. You guys all like all of uh, Masaki Yuasa, right? Yeah. Uh, never heard of him. Never? He's never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, He's I'm the biggest Yuasa does fan not like to talk in the world. <laughs> all right, well, he's, ma- he's got a new movie coming out called Inu O. <laughs> um, and, or like or Dog King, I guess. So what do you guys, uh, how do you guys feel about how do you feel about this? I mean, it's his studio. It's coming out in 2021. It's uh, based on a book by by Heike, um, based on Hideo Furukawa's 2017 novel Heike Momonogatari, uh, the tales of hmm. Heike, the demon, the the dog king. So, um, how do you guys feel about it? Tell him, talk to me. Is it a musical? I mean, not not a musical, but is it about um, a like musician? Is that what I'm? It's the, it says a, it's, it was based on a playwright. The synopsis oh, between the legendary it's based playwright on the novel, and the I believe. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the it's about the brotherhood between a legendary playwright playwright and a certain Biwa musician, which incorporates both modern song and dance. So. Yeah. So is it like a musical? I don't know. It, I all, feel all like it'll be like uh, the night is short. Walk on girl. Where it has the musical oh, okay. components, okay. but it's not going to be fully. I mean, both that and you on over the wall. His other movie that came out the same year. Mm-hmm. Those are both very song centric. So I could see it remaining a theme. But yeah, everything he does with Taiyo Matsumoto, he's the guy who did like ping pong, Tekken King Crete, and uh, uh, Takemitsu Samurai. Uh, he's involved with it too with some of the designs. 
And if those two guys are on a project together, him and Yuasa, it's guaranteed gold. And I will love it. It's going to be 90 minutes, so it's a full film. Um, and for those, of you that, for those of you that don't know, Masaki Yuasa, he, he worked on Mind Game, Night is Short Walk on Girl, Tatami Galaxy, and most recently and probably most noteworthy in people's minds, Devilman Crybaby, which you know was a pretty big hit um, from Netflix. So mm-hmm. he, he, I mean, the guy does great work, and so this movie has the potential to be super good. Um, it's pretty big news. It's all, it's a lot like this. This feels to me a lot like hearing about a new Ghibli movie or something, because just the like the names behind it are pretty large. I mean, so, does but, he have another film coming out soon? Well, I don't know. Mason? Look that up. Oof, I, uh, I guess I haven't been keeping tabs on my boy. It might he's be your, science. He's your boy. Sorry. How could you? He, he's my lad. Your lad? <laughs> oh. uh, um, I thought he had something else coming out soon, but I can't remember what it was. Also, I, like, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I feel like that might be his studio, Science Saru. Maybe not him at the helm. I'd have to he's, double check. It's definitely his studio. I recall that. Um, Netflix is Netflix is also um, putting out another season of Ultraman. So for those of you that were big fans of Ultraman, it debuted on Netflix on April first, and it's a it's a three D CG adaptation of the Ultraman manga. And of course, and the second season was announced recently at a film festival in France. Projection IG and Solid Digital Arts are are going to continue to be the studio behind it. And um, a lot of the staff is the same. So for those of you that are fans of Ultraman, which I'm not really a huge... Ult- I mean, does anybody here watch Ultraman? I, I don't know much about no. it. I like I the iconic designs, but that's about all I know from it. I'm yeah. very not in the know of my tokusatsu. It seems mm. like it seems like a big deal. Um, I found it, sorry. Whenever you're done. <laughs> I th- It seems like a big deal that Netflix has continues to dump, my, dump money into anime. And as we're going to discuss later, I really feel like Netflix has helped anime get into like the mainstream because it's just the service that hits so many people. So, you know, it's probably anime's be- best weapon right now for getting more exposure in the West because you know, it you're putting you're you're putting it in front of 130 million people. So, it kind of makes sense. And what did you find, Mandy? Uh, his other movie that's coming out is called "If I Could Ride the Waves with You." Oh. And it was like a romantic comedy, and that one's coming out uh, this summer. I think there was a, a trailer released either a couple months ago yeah. or the end of last mm-hmm. year. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I really could not remember the name of it. I was like, God, I know I, I've seen something recently. It was going to drive me crazy, so I looked it up. <laughs> no, thank you. Now we don't get angry comments. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna roll on to the next segment if no one has anything else. Nope. I'm really excited to talk about this next anime. It's time to dive into the past with the retro dive. I said it last week, and I did watch it. I I watched an anime OVA called Black Magic M sixty six from nineteen eighty seven, which is when which is when this came out. It's uh, it it was directed by Shiro Masamune, who has like a ton of credits from Ghost in the Shell. So. It's it's it, and you can kind of it, you can kind of feel it too because it's about like combat and it's about androids and has sort of that flair to it, but it's only forty minutes long and it's not hard to find. You guys, this this is a really cool, a really cool OVA. It's it's done by Studio AIC, who really hasn't done anything since twenty sixteen. So I'm not even sure if it's still around anymore. 
but most noteworthy they did um, Now and Then Here and There, Horo um, Musuko, and Amagami SS are probably the last things that they did. So this is a, a really simple OVA story about, about two combat androids that malfunction and they get like they um they're found in like the wreckage of a I think it's like a plane crash or something. And the army and the military show up and they're trying to sort of keep the lid on it so that they can't that these these combat androids don't run amok and start destroying you know cities and kill people. And um they are they're on this this terminate at all costs mission to like to, to kill the unsuspected to kill this this is the granddaughter of one of the creators, one of the scientists that designed the robots, and they don't really explain why the robots are going after the do- the granddaughter. I just think that the the scientist is probably stupid and just typed in a random person he knew as a target as like a test. Um, and there's this girl named Sybil who is a freelance journalist, and she's like out to get the story. And she reminds me so much of Rally Vincent from Gunsmith Cats. I mean, she is literally she's Rally Vincent. It's it's unbelievable. Um, and so here's why you should watch this. The animation is really quite good. The battle and fight animations with the androids are really impressive. Watching them sort of like spin around and kick people and, and hit people with like with these like with like these poles that they've got. Their movements are like even sort of mesmerizing to look at, to be honest. They're very um, animalistic. They they are. Have you seen this, Mason? I have. It's, okay, yeah. They're it's very, a wild ride. There's scenes where they like crawl on all fours. Um, it's really interesting. It, it sort of plays out like a monster movie in a way with these, with these androids chasing down Sybil and the, and the granddaughter through these, through like these different buildings. And, you know, like there'll be scenes where the androids kind of walking very quickly behind them and they're running. Um, there's even a scene where they get trapped inside the an elevator with, with the android and, and, um, Sybil has like this device that is like ma- electromagnetic or something and it basically keeps the android away from her but like this is where i think the the, the ova kind of shows off some of its more interesting cinematography because there's some really interesting point of views like in this in this ova particularly in the elevator um that just give you like a really interesting perspective as the viewer as to what's happening um it's almost from like the android's perspective at times as she like tries as, as it like tries to attack sybil um I, god i wish there was more don't mason don't you wish there was more of this I mean, it perfectly captures the aesthetic of, like, the late 80s OVA. Like you said, Gunsmith Cats, but even some of the, uh, what were the, uh, blanking on the name, the, don't, don't listen to me. Just keep on going. I'll think of the name. <laughs> okay, okay, of- okay. <sighs> yeah. I, Sybil, I think, I, I mean, I loved her so much in just 40 minutes that, that I would, that I wish she had like, her own spinoff, even. You know, because she's just brash and she has like this brash ballsy attitude. She, she's like the kind of girl that just doesn't give an F. She'll come out of the shower with like a towel around her, like around her neck. And she'll just like sit down at like a radio and like talk to someone on the radio, like and kick her legs up and just not give a shit. She's like walking around in her underwear and doesn't care. Um, and so she just reminds me of Rally Vincent so much. The only thing about this anime that I think is lacking is the story. There's not really much backstory as to why the androids were made why the scientists like chose the granddaughter as a target. Um, there's not much character backstory, but at 40 minutes long, this is, this is awesome. Like this is a gem from like the heart of anime that I think anybody really should watch. Uh, especially if you're a sci-fi fan, because this is like, you're, I can't imagine anybody who'd, who'd like sci-fi not liking this. Um, (laughs) yeah. Masamune Shiro loves his (laughs) sci-fi. 
It's really I think, good. I, I don't think he's done anything that isn't sci-fi. It's like at, at 40 minutes, the time investment is just so small. You guys got to check it out. It's Black, Black Magic M66 is the name of it. Even the name is awesome. So... I was going to say, it's pretty similar to what you recommended a couple weeks back with the Battle Angel Alita OVAs, but also like Dirty Pair and like uh, Gunbuster is what I was thinking of. Okay. It, that, that They all like roll into this aesthetic of like cyberpunk futuristicness, but it doesn't take itself so serious that it's not a fun ride. No, no, because, it, because the characters are goofy too. Like the scientists are so silly and the military guys are, they're serious, but then they're kind of silly too. Um. Yeah, it's 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 really. Man, that's I really, so. I really liked it. It's interesting because Masamune Shiro also works on, uh, did work on Apple Sea, and he wrote Ghost in the Shell. But if you look at the manga for Ghost in the Shell, it's so completely different than the movie we got. It's also yeah. kind of like quirky, goofy characters. So it's really interesting how much they changed Ghost in the Shell, and I guess they didn't change like the carrot the original characters in black magic i haven't seen it's, it but. it's funny in black magic actually one of the characters has an apple seed or well, a green shirt that just says apple seed on it oh really oh, interesting oh, yeah, i totally missed that. the end i totally mm. missed that okay well I, I mean i can see why so yeah black magic m66 they did that to apple i was gonna say they did that to apple seed too the cg one was nowhere near like the manga <laughs> but yeah for 40 minutes it's definitely worth checking out oh absolutely i'm gonna look it up i absolutely loved it i wish that i wish there were like at least five more episodes i want more story on the robots i want more sybil um just everything it's it's it was awesome all right who wants to who wants to tackle this trivia tough question this week i got it so our trivia question which you can find on our website if you go to aaapodcast.com and scroll down to the bottom you can sign up find a picture there and it follows a theme and then you can guess what anime you think that picture is from and you can be entered to win fabulous prizes fabulous from us. fabulous and yeah. the current theme is 80s ovas and the answer for this week was giver out of control yeah no only, and only four people got this so yeah this week's winner is is no try he didn't and even, didn't even try and he got it right he didn't even try. Is no try. <laughs> um, the other op- the other correct answers were from Chibi Rob, fisting her <laughs> North Star. Oh God! Golden Jedi Link. We've oh, seen that name before, and every time, yeah. every time it gets giggles. It never gets old. <laughs> All right, um, Mason, you want to take care of the intro trivia before we go to the news break? Not a problem. For this week that you'll have up until the end of the trivia to answer is, according to my anime list, what is the most anticipated anime from the summer 2019 season? Answer when we return. What do you what, what do you think, Mandy? Is it, is, is it Vinland Saga? Uh, I mean, it should be. Dumbbell. 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 <laughs> dumbbell. Dumbbell. <laughs> Spoiler, it's not Dumbbell. Hello, anime addicts. Mitsuki's here, and it's time for your anime news break. Following up on a news story we had a little bit earlier last year, 
Japan has been having a huge problem with fatal traffic accidents involving elderly drivers, and according to the Japanese National Police Agency, there were 460 fatal traffic accidents in Japan last year with drivers over 75 years or older. And of course, this is unacceptable to Japan, and so they are coming up with new rules and restrictions to, to satisfy and to correct this new problem. The government plans to create a new driver's license system that limits senior citizens to cars with safety features such as automatic brakes. The proposal is also going to require that people take cognitive assessment tests if they are 75 years or older when they get new driver's licenses. These rules and restrictions are going to be put before the cabinet later this month and voted upon in order to correct this growing problem in Japan. Next up, Studio Mappa is going to be putting out a new anime on the Noi Tamina block a show known as San Chome no Tama. It is, a t it is a new take on the formerly anthropomorphic Tama and Friends, with Tama and the rest of the cast taking on human forms with animal features. The mascots were first introduced in 1983 and were featured on food packaging and stationery. So this is going to be coming out in the Noitamina block in January of 2020. If you're a fan of this type of anthropomorphic cute little anime shows, Get excited because Studio Mappa is a pretty popular studio that has been doing great things lately. Next up, another permanent Pokemon Cafe is going to be opening in Japan and in one of the best possible places in Osaka's Daimaru Shinsaibashi department store. It's going to be opening on in September 20th. This was after, of course, the Pokemon Company opened its first permanent Pokemon Cafe at the Pokemon Center in the Takashimaya department store in Nihonbashi, which had over 100,000 people attend for food and fun in just six months. And so the success of that has brought the Pokemon Company to release a new cafe in Osaka coming out in September. Lastly, Nintendo's shares fall by almost 4% after they announced that their new game, Animal Crossing New Horizons, will be delayed until the spring of 2020. Nintendo of America's president, Doug Bowser, told IGN that the game was delayed, quote, to make sure that our employees have a good work-life balance. So that's good to hear for maybe the only time I've ever heard that in my life relating to the creation of video games or anime. This is Mitsugi, and this was your Anime News Break. Now, as always, it's time to get back to the podcast. Hey, Mandy, you look troubled. What's wrong? Butts. Uh, excuse me? It's all of these anime boy butts. There's just so many of them. I can't decide what's my favorite. I I've tried to categorize them by firmness, bounciness, rotundness. Okay, okay, okay. Two things. First, you may need some serious help. Second, why don't you go look at the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast website? Uh, can that help me get to the bottom of this? Stop. You know, puns are my thing, right? Also, no, it won't help you with that at all. You are beyond help. But on our website, you can find all our past shows, along with reviews and trivia. Sign up today and you'll have access to our Hobby Addicts and Hentai episodes. Hentai episodes? So I can hear other people review butts for me? Uh, sure. I, I guess if you want to look at it that way. Now that's something I can get behind. <laughs> Cheeky. This <laughs> And now, great moments in Anime Addict's Anonymous history. What is your video game Mount Rushmore? I would say Mega Man. Mega Man deserves to it be on this nowhere list. nowhere near 
the Mount Rushmore. Are you serious? I'm 100% serious. Are you kidding? I mean, yes, Mega Man has some great games, but who? Are you kidding me? Dude, Mega you Man? are out of your mind, On man. The Mount Rushmore? You're crazy. You're going to put Master Chief that hasn't contributed anything to gaming, and you're going to knock 100%. out. 100%. And you're, you're going to knock out. Mega Man, which basically solidified Capcom as a game company. And now, where are now they now? One, one of the biggest video game companies in the world, responsible right. for Resident Evil, uh, uh, when was the arcade machine. When was the last? Oh my god! When was the I last good Resident it. Evil? I can't believe it. Hasn't Capcom stopped making video games? No. I would argue absolutely 100% without a doubt that Sonic the Hedgehog, who yeah. basically founded Sega himself and, is more important than Master Chief. And he fell off a cliff just like Mega Man. But that doesn't matter. He created an entire company. Without Sega, you wouldn't have the Genesis, the Dreamcast. What the? Who Arc cares about the Dreamcast? Arc dude, that system was... Dude, Sega Corp is a gigantic company that, that, makes, that makes like half of Japan's arcades. Becom says, where is Sega now? Making, making billions and billions of yen. In the video game industry? Yes. In the video game industry. Dude, you're nuts, What video man. games are they making? They make tons of video... Dude, you're... What video you're, games? You're only what's, think, what's big? What's dude, a big Sega video game right now? Dude, what's a big game? I need, I need, I need you to calm I'm down so I can talk. I'm just asking you a question. I just want to know. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. I just want you to know that during our break, I made a sausage and ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you now? I was hungry and I couldn't stop. <laughs> I had a fruit bar. Nice. So, the intro trivia question. According to Mal, what is the most anticipated anime from the summer 2019 season? Is it mm. Vinland Saga? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? No. No, it's not. <laughs> not gonna say the internet is wrong, but it's how to pick up girls in a dungeon season two. Are we surprised by that? Yes. <laughs> two words. Look, Vinland Saga is really look. Y'all need to watch Vinland Saga. H have Man, you seen the uh, trailer that got released recently? I did. Mm -hmm. Thoughts. Um. Wait, wait. Which trailer are we talking about? There's one. <laughs> the that one has with the all really... the CG. <laughs> oh, was it? it wait, wasn't no. All I CG. was thinking of the one that played the really awful like uh, song in the background that I did not like. <laughs> and I was like, oh, please don't let that be the OP. But it's probably going to end up being the OP. So, Mandy, I, I hate to tell you this, but Vinland Saga is not even the third most anticipated. Well, anime. that's sad. Then the first is is as we said. How to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon Season Two. Second is Doctor Stone, which I I am I am very interested in. Um, it looks really cool. Third is something I've never heard of. Arifureta Shokugyo de Sekai Saikyo, which I don't know what that is. Uh, and then Vinland Saga. So you you clearly need to stand stand up mandy and let your voice be heard and and share with people how amazing vinland saga is and how it What was the one that you said before vinland saga? The last one? Arifureta Shokugyo de Sekai Saikyo. I think it's an isekai, like a light novel isekai. Oh, no. Oh wait, there was the one From with the mom that's coming out like my mom and her two hit combo. What was it? That one's coming out. The English, the, only, like, the English of that one is from commonplace to world's strongest. Oh no, that I don't. That's not the one I was thinking of. 
You need to tell people, there Mandy. There is one coming out that's, like, based on a light novel, Isekai, that's like, do you like my mom and her two-hit combo? I can't remember. It's oh, something yeah, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. On July 8th, the, everyone's lives will change because Vinland Saga is coming. And I hope you, so. And you need to be ready for this. If not, I mean, the manga's fantastic, so. So. All right. Well, Mandy, now I'm sure you have something else you'd like to share with us from Mandy's Manga Minute. I do. do you not? I have more manga to share. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yep. She never runs out of manga. And now, let's take a minute for the Manga Minute with Mandy. Alrighty, this is Mandy's Manga Minute, where I take a minute to tell you about manga and help you find something new to read. And this one is called Our Dreams at Dusk. After recently moving to Onomichi, Hiroshima, high school student Tasuki Kaname is thrown into despair at the possibility that he may have been outed for being gay. Convinced his life is over, his despair turns into shock when he sees a woman jump out of a window of a nearby house. Tasuki uh, races to the house in panic, only to discover that it's a public meeting lounge owned by the woman he just saw before. Tasuki uh, comes face to face with the woman as he as she walks past him unharmed, but not before she implies that she had been watching him from afar. Confused, Tasuki follows her up to the top of the steep hill, where he offers to briefly listen to what's on his mind. Although Tasuki doesn't go into too much detail, he later accepts her invitation to come to the lounge to meet others with similar troubles. Our Dreams at Dusk is a slice-of-life drama written and illustrated by Yuki Kamatani. While the story focuses on Tasuki and him discovering his sexuality while interacting with the individuals of this meeting, the, the author also highlights a lot of struggles from all kinds of different people in the LGBT community. Whether it's bullying at school, dealing with the family, like what, what your family thinks, or how friends react. And it can be really harsh at times, but the little group at the drop-in center always help to support each other and treat each other's issues with a great deal of sensitivity. And the author is also a big fan of visual metaphors. Uh, Yuki illustrates how Tusky is feeling or what he is thinking with very abstract images. And some of these are very easy to read, while some others can be a little confusing. For example, as in the synopsis, the woman jumping off and gliding down a mountain, you're, I'm not, when you first see that, you're not really sure if he's seeing things or if there is some kind of supernatural thing going on. As, as volume one, I'm not sure. But it is also interesting to note that the author identifies as ex-gender and asexual, and a lot of the events in this manga are similar to things that they have gone through. Uh, the manga could be a little heart-wrenching, but it also gives a great deal of hope for a future where, you know, we can be all accepting and welcome of difference. Okay. That's all I got. Mandy, do you, are you ever going to run out of manga? No. That's right. <laughs> One day I will. That's impossible. When, there's going to be a day where I'm like, you know, I don't really want to read manga anymore. It's going to happen. That won't, do you really think that'll happen? It might. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know why that would happen, though. There's, there's no reason for that. No. All right. When I completely run out of bookshelf space, and I'm like, you know what? It's just time to sell them all. A world with, it's going to oh, happen one day. No. No, anything but that. <laughs> that deserves another drop. Oh, also, oh before we... 
<laughs> Not shelf space. Before we move on, um, did you mention the retro poll is still up at the beginning? I, no, I did uh, not. It was brought to my attention that you did not. <laughs> I did not. Thank you very much. I did not. Um, there is a poll. Thank you, I see. Well, why don't you go ahead and, and handle the announcement because I'm not really sure where it is and stuff like that. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, I see uh, put up a poll on both Twitter and Facebook where you can vote for what retro show we are going to fill in for our reviews. We, uh, I think we mentioned it last podcast where we failed a previously passed show and now we're going to pass a retro review. And we came up with a list of them. Now you get to vote which one you would like to pass for us. It was Mix. And so you... Mix is the show. Yes, that Mix. Did. Mix mm-hmm. is the one that bit the dust. So Yeah, and me, or Enzo, Mitz, and I have all put in options for retro reviews, and then you get to vote for which one you would like to see. All right. Well, there's also a very clear favorite for the listener choice poll. Is there? And it's not a show that I would no have spoilers. expected. Oh, no, I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. But people should get in and vote. Vote for the listener choice for spring 2019. All right, so we have a topic here suggested by Mora Itis from the Discord. The Discord has a section on it for topic suggestions. So if you get on the Discord, you can submit topics. I do read through them when I need to like come up with, with more episodes. And um, you can also submit topics topic requests through the mailbag. So on the top of the website, there's the mailbag button, and you can do it through there. This topic is strategies to increase Western anime, anime's Western appeal. So that is in, um, you know, the United States and parts of Europe. So where to start? I kind of want to start by saying that I kind of feel like anime's Western appeal already has been growing on its own. Oh, yeah. Me too. Um, and that I don't really know that it needs a lot of help. The The Association of, ja- of Japanese Animations, or AJA, put out a, it put out a report in 2017 for the anime industry and found that the overseas market had grown by almost 172% since 2013 as consumers outside Japan demand, um, as their demand for anime grows, and the United States was at the top of that list until 2015. So it's already growing. Now, I don't know how big that market was, you know, in 2013 when they started measuring. You know, you could, you, you could argue that mm-hmm. 172% growth of a, of a peanut is just two peanuts. But... You know, yeah, I definitely think that it's a really popular over here with the younger crowd, and maybe getting it, getting older people on board with it might be a little bit harder. Where do you? I mean, for me, I feel like anime is going to be brought to people through Netflix and stuff like that. So, what, yeah, mm-hmm. where is it exactly that you feel like little kids are running into anime so much? Mm, because you're not wrong. Well, well, I mean, Cartoon Network still has anime on it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, Toonami's still going on. What, what what do they have on Toonami right now? I know My Hero Academia's on there. Cartoon Network Toonami. Okay, let's see. Yeah, let's, let's have a look Let's have a look. Uh, it looks like Steve Bloom's still Steve Bloom's still, still doing the voice. That's Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, yeah, that is interesting. Um... Yeah, I'm not really sure what's on there, to be honest, but um, it looks like... Right now it says My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball Super, Tech on Titan Season 3 Part 2, wow. The Promised Neverland, which I, that surprises me, um, Sword yeah. Art Online, Alicization, 
uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable, Black Clover, Boruto. There's more, but I'd have to. All right, so that's actually, a pretty like, that's a pretty good <laughs> good selection of shows. Yeah. So okay, all right. Well, I guess that makes sense. Um, I mean, to to your point, I think that like the the consumption of anime has increased a lot. Um, Hulu and Netflix have brought anime to the living room, and there's lots of of websites that stream manga um, that you can pay for that have lifted up have lifted up the, the comic book counterpart of that. You know, there's Toonami, as we've said that at, that is man Attack on Titan season three part two. That's very like really like there that's still coming out. Yeah. So they're like. Yeah, it says it's on 11:30 p.m. So they're literally like simulcasting that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Looks like it. Sure. Why not? That's awesome. Um, you know, there's been a lot of Hollywood films that have come out. Alita, Edge of Tomorrow came out. Um, Akira, Ghost in the Shell. So all these, and and, I, and actually, I think that probably the number one thing that is pushing this is the Marvel comic movies. Oh yeah, for sure. That's why I mean, One Punch Man, and it. I think you said once that it did better over here than it did in Japan, and I. Also, why probably why My Hero Academia is so popular over here as well. Did we lose Mason Masson? No, I'm here. Okay, I'm alive. You're alive. Good. Well, I'd be really sad if you were if you were dead. I'm happy you're still alive. <laughs> Just pass out with a stick of butter in my mouth. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> According to Rob, anime has been popping up in, co- in pop culture as well. There's been a variety of basketball and football players that have been that have been seen watching anime, like on the sidelines, or using anime in celebrations when they score points or whatever. Yeah. So, like, they, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they did a crossover between NBA and Kurokuno Basket as well, where oh, they oh really. Yeah, they drew the Kurokuno Basuke characters with different NBA team uh, jerseys on. Okay. So each of them represented a different team. Um, unfortunately, I think the merchandise from that was only sold at um, Shonen Jump World, I think. Okay. Which is really surprising we never got anything over here. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that is surprising considering the NBA is in the U.S. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really mm-hmm. aware of the NBA being that popular in Japan, but okay. But, like, I mean, that's a nice way to, like, you know, it's 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 evidence of anime's perme- permeation into Western society that that um, players that are in their 20s and whatnot have grown up with anime and they are starting to, like, you know, they like it. Um, but people that are watching those sports idolize these players and then they see their favorite players watching Dragon Ball Super on the sideline and then they think, wow, maybe I should watch Dragon Ball Super. So, and... Um, there was a there was a like a like a twelve minute video clip of like four or five players from the, from the from the New England Patriots, and I know that because you know because I like the Patriots, and people all around the world are gagging right now. But like they when all they visited went to, the convention. Yeah, they that all went one? to the anime. Yeah. they all went to the anime convention. Um, to Bo- um, anime Boston, I think it was, all dressed up in like Naruto cosplay and shit, and it was so funny seeing all these giant football players dressed up in cosplay with their Naruto um, like headbands and stuff. Um, just super cool that, you know, anime has come so far to be able to like, you know, have famous athletes that are, you know, actually not even like small names going to conventions and stuff. And, you know, I don't know. It's been pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And you're not wrong. I, well, I also have Elon Musk. <laughs> oh my God. Shout I forgot about anime. him. 
Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look up his Twitter right now and see, and see what his Twitter profile is. I, I think he changed it, but he did at one point have, um, who was it? He had some, uh, he had an He was wearing character. like a Kakegurui shirt at like one event, I remember. Oh, that's right. He's so crazy. Right now, he, he, he doesn't give an F. Right now, his Twitter profile is just a black image. There's nothing. I think he had Edward one yeah, time. Yeah, oh, yeah, his, yeah, for sure. Was it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was, it was at Elric. Um. Yeah, anime has become so so mainstream. I had there was the Big Brothers, um, Big Brothers Little Sisters, whatever that whatever that um like social program is, where little kids come to businesses and and shadow people. Mm-hmm. There was a couple. There were a couple people that a couple kids that came in and they were visiting a girl that was in my pod and a nerdy dude that's all that was in my pod as well. And both of them were like huge anime fans. And then of course you ask them what they're watching, and it's always like. It's always the things you expect, like Sword Art Online, Tokyo Ghoul, but yeah. but like little, but younger kids are. God, I was born fifteen years too too soon. Mm-hmm. And you go back to being like seventeen again, so I can actually be cool for watching Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? God, it's such a bunch of bullshit. Oh my god! I mean, um, so many like people like under thirty like grew up like watching anime, whether they knew it was anime or not, like pokemon before school or toonami after like it wasn't so much like oh i'm watching this weird like medium from a different country it's like oh this is just tv programs that i like yeah and that just like helped normalize it and make it not a big deal and you realize later oh i'm watching stuff from japan i should probably watch more of this stuff because i liked it yeah it's really interesting where um like you were saying but with my mom who is you know much older (laughs) she still sees anime as being very foreign like i don't know it's weird she doesn't see anime as just a cartoon she i don't know she's so opposed to anime (laughs) she's always like that stuff looks weird i don't want to watch it i'm like look i promise it's not for kids like i mean like not all of them are for kids you can watch that's why you show her her belladonna of sadness and show oh, her, yeah. look, mom, yeah, she'll it's love just that. not for kids. You gotta believe me. <laughs> yeah, she'll love Belladonna Sadness, for sure. She'll be like, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> That's so funny that your mom is so anti-anime. I don't Yeah. I don't understand it. She, I, I can't... Well, I did get her to play Persona a little bit, but she doesn't even really play a lot of Japanese games. I don't know. It's weird. Like she can automatically tell if it's Japanese or not. She's wow. like, no, I'm good. But she well, she loves playing video games like Tomb Raider and so on. It's crazy. Well, I mean, you can, I mean, it's not hard to, to identify anime from non anime. Yeah. Cause the art styles, you know, just so totally different. Hmm. All right. So yes, Mason. So, I say, I feel like, Overall, like, the ball is already rolling on, like, anime increasing in popularity. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing drastic that needs to change to keep it going. Like, nothing's going to stop its reign right now. Like, it's pretty set that it's going to only continue to grow and become more mainstream. Yeah. So, but what, but what else do you feel like can be done to further increase anime's Western appeal? I mean, we know that it's been more popular now than it was, you know, back in the day when I like, well, you know, when, when, when we were kids or whatever. But what else can be done 
like what what needs to continue? What do you think? Um. I mean, I well, I, re- I think. Go ahead. I was gonna say for overall Western appeal, uh, maybe stronger dubs. I don't know because I feel like overall, not just like not in the anime community, but I mean overall, the, if we're trying to get people who are interested in cartoons to also watch anime, I mean like adult cartoons, like such as like like Family Guy and what's what is it South Park are so popular, yeah. and you think if anyone can watch those surely they could possibly watch an anime so if we have but they're very there are a lot of people here who are opposed to what reading subtitles so maybe right. stronger dubs and also um less anime with high schools Saints, maybe. <laughs> do, do you feel like i feel like that's every anime right now <laughs> I, yeah i mean you're not wrong did you feel like um that the dubs are, are weak though i mean i kind of thought we were going in a better place with dubs but maybe but i don't really watch them so i don't well, really not a there's still a lot of anime that don't get dubs like for for example you think kuroko no basket would be really popular here with how popular basketball is it doesn't have a dub at all there's no english dub it's so kuroko. shocking yeah so maybe i don't know and i know I it's know. not as big of a deal for like new viewers of anime but i feel like a lot of people who prefer dubs it's the same like Person. rotating cast of like yeah. voice actresses and actors, so you, you kind of hear the same people over and over. So that doesn't help lend the, the variety of it that the stories deserve. Yeah, agree. I think I've heard that before. That criticism where um, a lot of English dub cast is just the same people revolving over and over and over and it comes like well there's not a large variety of different characters i don't know i think because our voice acting i don't know maybe our industry here is nowhere near it as it is in japan where voice actors are idols i think it's i don't know i I think everything's about chasing money you know and when i think about the anime industry i in in the states i think of something that doesn't really carry a lot of money behind it and mm-hmm. because it doesn't make a lot of money, they can't really afford to pay people a lot of money to dub it. And because they can't afford to pay people a lot, I think you've got people doing dubs that either have second jobs or are doing it, or if they're, oh, sure. or if they're really popular, they're doing it, you know, because they're because they love doing it and not because they're trying to make a lot of money. And if the dubbing and makes, rotating between anime and video games and their own projects as well, or it's a stepping stone to get further in the acting community or something yeah. like that. Sure. Oh, that's that's a good answer. I was gonna say my proposal for like just to help keep the train of like anime progressing to the West is you know, be yourself, be a be a nerd, show your pride, but like don't be one of those people who give anime a bad name and make people associate, oh, people who watch anime are antisocial or bunch of weirdos. <laughs> bunch of weirdos. They're Naruto running through school hallways, throwing imaginary jitsu spells at people like let's ease back on that and give us give us fans a good name because (laughs) whether we like it or not like how people perceive us kind of goes hand in hand with how they perceive anime as a whole and being good representatives of the culture is important Hmm. speaking of voice actors i just looked up steve bloom you know that he's almost 60 and he's got yeah, he's been in anime forever. <laughs> and he's got 757 <laughs> credits on IMDb. That's insane. 
757 credits. That's just craziness. That's a lot. That's a lot. I love Steve <laughs> Bloom. He's cool. Um, Great voice. Yeah, he I, didn't do I, he didn't do Garcia's wing though, so he did get oh, that notch in his belt. <laughs> um, are they going to? I wonder. I don't know. I, I just hope that they keep making the comic book movies because I think the comic book movies have haven't necessarily done a lot to improve anime's popularity directly, but it's making nerd culture itself more mainstream. And because of that, people are able to start watching things like anime and not feel like they're going to be social outcasts because of it. So I know that the Avengers, are they going to make any more Avengers? I guess not. Um, but I hope that they keep making other things, you know, because mm. we need to have, it needs to be, it needs to be multi-generational to like, I think spread that uh, influence like effectively throughout, throughout society. You know, it needs to, I think that these comic book movies need to continue to be the phenomenon that they are just to, to touch like every age group. And, I mean, that's one thing that I think needs needs to continue to happen. That and Netflix needs to keep investing in anime because yeah, because that how many I wonder how many Netflix subscribers there are now. I don't know, but it definitely broadens the like it definitely delivers a larger variety of anime to a large amount of people. I mean, just having it on every single platform, so there's mm-hmm. it's always in some sort of corner even if it's tucked away even if they recommend oh if you like death note you'll like precure like even if they don't do a good job of cultivation like (laughs) as long as it's there in an option you're always going to pick up people netflix has 148.8 million subscribers of of which 60 million of them are in the u.s that means one in every five people in the u.s roughly has has netflix so i mean that is if even one percent of those people watched an anime on Netflix, that's six hundred. That's six hundred thousand people that watch an anime, you know, and that's that's a lot of people. That's um that's substantial. So God, Netflix mm-hmm. is such a beast. They're adding like they added ten million new people for the first quarter of twenty nineteen alone. That's so insane! Like what the hell, man? Jesus! Does anybody not have Netflix at this point? Right. Good lord. Um, another thing I was thinking of and get your opinion on this is, mm. um, what do you think about Japanese humor? Cause I feel like the uh, shows that are more popular over here are the action ones. We want a lot of action, but I don't feel like Japanese humor translate. I mean, for a, a broad, you know, audience, if we're trying to expand uh, anime's appeal, I don't feel like Westerners do well with Japanese humor. Not only that, what do you but- think? Not only that, but the, but the cultural references in anime that people just right. get, like like people in the states, we feel nothing towards trains, like we don't right. give a shit. People in the people in Japan are obsessed with them, like they love them. There's even there's even train otaku that are yeah, you know, so they have like carrying around timetables. Yeah, exactly, and they got <laughs> yeah. like model trains all through their houses. Um, and then there's like the nostalgia with with high school life because that's. Yeah, you know, the last time before um, you, or middle school. I mean, 
we yeah we don't we don't identify with that kind of stuff in the same yeah thing. i feel like also if we're going off that if we're going back into creating stronger dubs it makes it a lot harder because i feel like a lot of japanese humor revolves around wordplay and that does not translate well for us at all no it doesn't. <laughs> especially especially in subtitles because unless you know something about the language you a lot of those jokes go straight over your head so there's a big barrier there so are you saying that in order for anime to continue to be more popular beyond just like shonen shows that anime needs to change Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, besides I'm shows just... like Detroit Metal City and like Cromarty, like those are the only ones off the top of my head that have like American or Western esque yes. like style mm-hmm. humor. But like, I'm reading yeah. Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei right now, which is a comedy series, but it's very much rooted in just like yeah. reflecting on the world a different way and being like, huh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Delightful chuckle versus. You know, a lot of other kinds of stuff. So it's I don't want anime to change, but it will. <laughs> it will. It just will. May I don't mean change. Maybe more shows with I don't know with the I don't know. I'm just saying it's a barrier. I think it's difficult getting larger it's, amount of people into anime. It is a barrier. You're right, and it's difficult because you could tell you could tell some creator of anime. Oh, you need to make anime that's more I don't know culturally suited to the West, but they wouldn't even know how to do that. No. Because in the same way that like my parents or your parents or some random person on the street doesn't know jack about Japan, people in Japan don't know anything about America. You know, they yeah. they think that they know superficial things like oh, we have lots of guns and all this other crap, but like, you know, the cultural things that we, that like hit that like resonate with us, they don't understand. So that's really Yeah, difficult. it becomes yeah, it becomes a struggle of like, well, you don't want to go in there and be like, "Hey, you all need to change for us." That's not what I'm saying at all. But it, it is definitely a barrier, and I mean, maybe a higher, more, like, a different variety of people in the industry, maybe? I don't know. So then you get more views when, I don't know, it'd be really hard. Well, that might explain why most of the most popular shows are shonen shows that are based around fighting, or, or fantasy shows like Tokyo Ghoul, My Hero Academia, yeah. um, uh, uh, Sword Art Online. You know, because anybody can identify you, it's globally with with some with a, with people trapped in a video game or like vampires or whatever, because it's not yeah. Japanese. So, you know. But going after a big market, like trying to define the West and what the West likes, is such a massive undertaking. But if you look oh, at yeah, times sure. where like anime has like focus on the niche, like Yuri on Ice, like that's kind of for the figure skating crowd, but that helped grab that whole like section of that demographic and show them mm-hmm. hey anime has something for you so even if they like chip away at like people who like this activity or this kind of sport or this card game or gambling or what have you like that's a way to eat the elephant that is the west one uh yeah. one fangirl at a time <laughs> conquering america one fangirl at a time anime <laughs> 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 I just have a, a huge map behind me of like how to take over the world and I, all I have is fangirl with like five it's arrows just, around it's just it. Covered in waifus <laughs> <Yeah>. everywhere. <laughs> well, it's a little disappointing yep. because I feel like anime if if, if it's going to be mostly the shonen shows and the sci-fi stuff that that and the fantasy things that get over to the states, uh, I yeah. I fear that like anime will be it'll miss certain demographics. 
completely. Mm-hmm. Because a certain type of people are going to be watching the shonen shows, and a certain type of people are going to be watching shows about vampires, and a certain kind of people are going to be watching Sword Art Online. And what about all the other people that want to watch like romance comedies and things like that? That right. that aren't going to enjoy it because they don't understand anything about Japanese life. I mean, so, I went on a trip a couple weeks ago with some like college age kids, and we were talking about anime because what else am I going to talk about? But they were asking me like, "Oh, what kind of stuff do you recommend and like?" And I started giving recommendations, and they were stunned to realize that there were shows oh. of anime that were less than like a hundred episodes long. Oh, like all they this... knew were One Piece and Naruto and Dragon Ball, and I was like, "Guys, most anime are not like that." Yeah, and they yeah. were like blown away yeah. that that was even an option because they're like, oh "We don't God. have time to watch this stuff." And I'm like, "There is a better way." The exact same thing happened to me because I went to the bookstore and this poor bookstore clerk, I think she was just trying so hard to just sell me anything. Oh my God. <laughs> she made the mistake of coming up to me in the manga section and she was like, oh, hey, do you like manga? I'm like, yeah. And then I started talking about the podcast. I was like, and I run a manga book club, but I'm just looking for new things that we could possibly add to the list. And she's like, oh. I was going to try to sell you manga, but you could probably talk circles around me. And she's like, well, what do you recommend? And I started, uh, she said, what is your favorite? And then I just mentioned that my favorite anime was Natsume, and I started explaining what that was. And then I um, just explained that I finished Nana, and I was explaining what that was about. And she's like, oh, I was going to recommend My Hero Academia. <laughs> She's like, I didn't know that there were stories like that. I was like, yeah, there are manga for adults, too. (laughs) Mandy was like, how dare you interrupt me when I'm reading my manga? I will kill you with my book. How dare you? (laughs) And then she walked away from you and and, and then. Oh, man. Then she tried to sell me a book that was not a manga. She's like, well, I heard I hear she didn't even read it. I hear this one is similar to, you know, you may have heard it. Studio Ghibli. And I was like, (laughs) oh, oh, girl. (laughs) She she should have just started selling you bookshelves because that's what you really need. Right. (laughs) She tried so hard to sell me anything. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because I think right before me. I think right before me, she was trying to help a, like, a woman pick out a manga for her son. So then she was easily like, oh, My Hero Academia is popular and um, Full Metal Alchemist is popular. So she was trying to sell those to me, but made a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. You have ascended. Maybe she'll you go read a, Nana. You're, you're on another level. Yeah. <laughs> Nerd alert! Pretty much. All right. I think we just need to put Mandy on like a street corner with those those signs where she can just like read the gospel of Natsume and just like sell people on that. Oh, man. What is the <laughs> gospel of Natsume? <laughs> I don't I know, but there's know. just a picture of Neko Sensei on it. Yeah, it's just, you know, Nyanka Sensei all over the place. <laughs> Mandy, do you think someday you'll have enough manga in your in your place to open up a used manga store? I think I already do. Wow. I have three bookcases that are completely full. It's you a have vicious enough. cycle. <laughs> <laughs> like ten years from now, you're gonna like sell it all, and you're gonna be like, I've, I've, I've finally like, I'm gonna minimize <laughs> it. I'm gonna Marie Kondo my life. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do well, and you're gonna f- sell your final manga out the door, and you're gonna turn around, 
and you're gonna see all your empty bookshelves and you're gonna be like cry you know what you know what would go on these bookshelves and just <laughs> repeat it <laughs> just repeat the cycle funny you say that because i've done that before i have done that so many times the first time i moved i was like i don't want to move all this and sold it and i was like wait i want my mangas back <laughs> but the other day i just uh donated entire box of manga and you can't even tell on my shelves Ten, ten years. You can't even tell that an entire box is gone. Ten years from now, Mandy's gonna sell her manga, and she'll realize that she has like two or three dozen of them that that have become rare and out of print, and she's gonna become like a millionaire selling all these manga off. Damn, I know Wandering Sun's worth a lot, and I have uh, a couple of those. Yeah, when we did the them. manga club, that it was hard to find. Yeah, completely off topic from what today <laughs> is, but <laughs> if you would like to dive down uh, Mandy's manga. Realm. We're just we're just increasing the Western appeal right now, you know. We're we the, are. We're the soldiers. We're on the front line. Y'all should read more manga. Y'all should read Vinland Saga. Damn it! On July eighth, your life will change. When Vinland Saga, if if, if, I if, hope. if if the theme song doesn't suck and it doesn't have CG, and you know, oh, it, there is a lot of CG. I I went back and watched the one that uh, Mason shared with me. It's still gonna be good. I'm excited for it, and it comes out in just like three weeks. Yeah. Which, is, which means we need to be selecting anime soon. Oh my gosh! Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, I actually. Put <laughs> I feel like we just dumbbell, did. Dumbbell, 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 <laughs> dumbbell. <laughs> I, I actually put the I actually put the next three episodes on the website, but I forgot about that. So I think I'm gonna have to go in there and change one of them to to summer picks. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah. Also, Vinland Saga. If you guys join us on Manga Club, we are not affiliate affiliate up. Let me try that again. Affiliated with Humble Bundle, but they are doing a manga bundle right now where you can get all of what's available at Vinland Saga, plus like dozens of other manga for $10. Whoa. So you should look into that and join us. Okay. I, I really don't have much else to say on this topic. Um, nope. To be honest, I I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. Yeah, me and too. This, this, but, so, Maison, Maison. Do you have any? I'm all uh, set. Do you have anything to add? I think the tides aren't going to turn back, and it's only going to become more popular. So we just gotta yeah. live in this good timeline before it fades out of popularity. Do, do you think? Oh, whoa! Do you whoa 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 whoa, whoa a second? Do you, do you think that's going to happen? I think the current aesthetic that we're living in will fade, so we should appreciate it now. The same way, like the '80s OVA that we talked about earlier. Like there's a certain style, a swagger of it. That's kind of been lost by the wayside. And the anime that we know today, I think, will eventually be replaced. So you should enjoy it and just be interested to see what will it will become. They okay. also are making more anime based on things that are already popular in the West. For example, uh, they made the anime... Castlevania is a popular game series for everyone and they made an anime of that that was popular they're also making one for magic the gathering whoa what? which is far more popular in the west than it is in japan yeah there's a magic the gathering anime that's coming out on netflix hmm. but i don't know when it is dropping but they did announce that i'm actually surprised that hasn't happened we're all, we're, 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 off, we're going off, i'm going off topic again here but i know <laughs> so, like, sorry but there's so, sorry. so there's so many magic the gathering books how isn't that like already a, a couple Hollywood movies? It's yeah. a huge fan base. It's I gotta mean, be hard though. World of Warcraft 
it took a while for that to get even one. And yeah, but Magic yeah. the Gathering a has different been kind of lore than yeah, Magic. But Ma- Magic the Gathering has been around for like forty years. I mean, you know, it's it's got it's got millions and millions of. I mean, WoW does too. But but like but Magic the Gathering has books and stuff behind it. That's solid source material. I think I think the issue with Magic the Gathering though is that they didn't really focus really hard on the lore till recently with the Planeswalkers. Before Planeswalkers, there were books, but they weren't fantastic and didn't... They weren't very popular. <laughs> they were pretty oh, okay. poorly written. Oh, really? But, okay. yeah, and they would only focus on a very small part of magic, where now they're starting to br- like create an entire story that is encompassing... Like, you know, like now it's all about the War of the Spark and... You know, it's, I don't know, it's becoming more like Avengers every day. <laughs> sounds, sounds like, uh, sounds like Transformers. A little bit, yeah. All right, well, I got nothing else to add here, so why don't we go to the news break, and then we'll, and then we'll do our review of Bloomin' to You. Sounds good? Let's do it. All right. Um, so, just like the last intro trivia question, which was summer 19, or summer 2019 in anime, um, Mason, would you like to read the uh, intro trivia question? Of course I would. Which of the following anime are not premiering in the summer 2019 anime season? Dr. Stone, Finland Saga, Tuara Kagaku no Accelerator, Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of Underworld. We might have talked about some of this earlier, but think about it and you'll get the answer when we return. Hey everybody, Mitsuki's back, just one more time, bringing you another dose of anime news. Well, it looks like the horse girls of Uma Musume Pretty Derby are having it rough lately. It is said that these, of course, characters from the anime have the spirit of famed racehorses in them, and of course, many of these racehorses have been advanced in age or have had injuries that have led to either their deaths or their retirements. And since the anime premiered last year, many of these horses have passed on. Special Week, King Halo, Vodka, and Hishi Amazon have all passed on. And now another of these horses has also passed on. The 27-year-old Biko Pegasus passed away on June 11th. So it's uh, it's pretty sad that all these horses are dying, which is kind of, kind of sad. It must make people that are fans of the Pretty Derby anime kind of sad, but... I'm sure they had very good lives. Next up, the Square Enix company doesn't quite know how many parts the Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to actually have, which is a little concerning. It looks like producer Yoshinori Kitase revealed recently at E3 that the team doesn't quite know how many parts it would have and that this game that's going to be coming out early next year is going to be focusing on just the Midgar portion of Final Fantasy VII, which if you've played the game, you know that that really isn't a very big chunk of the story, maybe, I don't know, 25% of it, and they say that unfortunately they can't say anything more about the future games because they don't know themselves, leading me to believe that this game will have many parts, maybe three or four parts to it. So look forward to Final Fantasy VII's remake. You can actually get a pre-ordered copy with the Deluxe Edition on PlayStation Network right now for $80 if you're interested in getting that almost a year in advance. 
Next up, Hirohiko Araki, the creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, says that he could not have created JoJo if it hadn't been for the Sherlock Holmes stories, saying that he learned the fundamentals of storytelling from Sherlock Holmes, particularly narrative structure and how to create characters that were fun and charismatic. He enjoys the Holmes character. He says what makes Holmes great is that he may be a genius, but he's also a jerk. I've often thought that one of the conditions for being a hero is loneliness. When push comes to shove, a hero has to be able to fight and solve a case by themselves. Otherwise, you can't call them a hero. This coming from Araki himself. So interesting to see that those of you that are fans of JoJo have perhaps Sherlock Holmes to thank for that fandom. Maybe you should go read some Sherlock Holmes as well, and maybe you'll find some comparisons between the two franchises. And rounding us out, NPD's BookScans has released the top 20 adult graphic novels that were sold in May, this including anime and others. Looks like there are many anime in the top of the list. A lot of them are My Hero Academia, with My Hero Academia coming in at number 10, 9, and number 4. Akira Toriyama's Dragon Ball Super Volume 5 coming in at number 3. Berserk Deluxe Volume 1 coming in at number 2. And One Punch Man Volume 16 coming in at number 1, making anime all of the top 4 best-selling graphic novels for May. So for those of you that are big fans of anime, anime seems to be controlling the graphic novel scene for now in the United States. This is Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. Now, once again, of course, it's time to get back to the podcast right now. Man, Chiaki, I'm so nostalgic for Japan. All I want is some Japanese candy or a canned coffee, like the ones I used to have on my way to teach at my schools in Japan. So why don't you go out to a con or something and buy some? The prices at cons are crazy expensive, and... Nowhere else carries this stuff. Um, Mitsugi, JList.com, duh. Do they sell Japanese snacks? Yeah, they just started a new box service where you can get an awesome oh. box of Japanese snacks without having to sign up for a subscription even. Oh, no subscription? Is there stuff good though? As good as everything else is on JList.com, it's awesome! I know you, Mitsugi, you'll love it. They have everything from anime-themed snacks to melon bread and even seasonal boxes for Halloween and other holidays. That's great! Is it expensive, though? You know, chotakai. No, it's only $2 per item on average. And the deluxe box comes with a free drink item and a $5 J-List coupon. Rock on! It figures JList.com would come through for me. I can't wait for my ramune flavored candies. So go to JList.com forward slash box or the non-adult mirror site JBox.com forward slash box to get yours. Mmm, nom noms. Nom. Hi, my name is Tadao Tomomatsu, host of Anime Sushi and international actor and interviewer. And I am an anime addict. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm an anime addict. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm an anime addict. Hooray. Welcome back to the most dangerous podcast in the world. 
So yeah. dangerous. The Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. We had an intro trivia dangerous. question. Who wants we to did. read it? Uh, I can do it. So, before the break, we asked the question, which of the following anime are not premiering in the summer 2019 anime season? Dr. Stone, Binlan Saga, Toaru Kagaku no Accelerator, Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of the Underworld. And the answer is Sword Art Online. Alicization, War of the Underworld. That is coming out in the fall. Synth. Got him. Synth. <laughs> oh, <hell. laughs> Oh, I love it so much. That music said, we don't care about your trivia. The only thing more dangerous than the song is trying to pronounce Alicization. 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 Sanitation. Sanitation. Soda Online Sanitation. War. Alright, we also have a five-star review that we're going to do for you guys from iTunes. If you want to Submit a five-star review of the week that will be read on the podcast. You can do it on iTunes, and you can help us continue to be the most well-reviewed podcast for anime on iTunes. Uh, oh, here, oh, oh, here's and your the most dangerous podcast. You damn oh. right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you damn right. It's time for iTunes review. All right. The podcast that almost gets kicked off for having poured on YouTube. <laughs> Eladri, that's right. Dangerous. That's right. We like to, we, yeah, we like to take chances. Eladri nine six five. Oh yeah, go, go ahead. Go, go ahead. For it. I know. Uh, Eladri nine six five writes, "Yo, uh, okay, so I've never been into podcasts till I heard you guys. The cast is amazing. I love it. I just heard your recent episode, and now I'm listening to all of them from newest to oldest. Keep up the amazing work. Hopefully, you guys keep doing this for a lot more time. It helps me out during my 12-hour shifts. Keep it up. All Thank right. Thank you, Eladri. We'll, we'll do just that. <clears throat> so, thanks for the five-star review. And again, you can do that on yeah. iTunes. And really anywhere else you listen to us, because we say iTunes because it's just simpler to consolidate to one place but mm-hmm. if you're listening on google or spotify or whatever you know uh, it, it's, it always helps out to get some reviews oh and tell a friend tell a friend yeah just compliment me uh we're on whatever platform you want yeah that's right <laughs> stroke our egos <laughs> all right so we're gonna do a review here of bloom into you which is an anime that i think this was an enzo anime it was an enzo one enzo's not here it's father's day um but we're doing Wait, it. is Enzo a father? Not that I know of. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. All right. Who wants to lead this discussion? I can do it. So, uh, Bloom Into You was by Troika, who uh, also did Idolish, Se- Idolish 7, Recreators, and... Um, was the Al Noah Zero? Al Noah Zero, Zero yeah. They, they the, haven't done a great lot of first stuff. episode. That's true. And then, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> no, Recreators was pretty good though. That was a good like reverse isekai. <clears throat> um, it's also based off a of manga which we did for our book club, uh, manga club. We covered the first two volumes of it, and it is a 
slice of life romance shoujo eye series and it is about this girl named Yu who uh, she always dreams of being confessed to one day she loves shoujo manga and she imagines and she gets like that little heart you know her, her heart keep goes during the romance scenes and she imagines that one day when somebody confesses to her she will feel the same but when that day does come and a boy confesses to her she feels nothing and she's confused by that because she's like this is the moment i've always been waiting for <laughs> this but is she, not the doki doki i was promised. this is not the doki doki i was looking for <laughs> But um, then she meets another girl at school named Toko, and right away, this girl, she's very interested in her. She thinks she looks very cool. Uh, she wants to get to know her. She wants to become friends with her, and Toko is part of the student council. And so you ends up joining the student council to get closer to her, and uh, very quickly, Toko... Uh, confesses that she is in love with you, and this kind of confuses you and from there on it's about and me as well <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> and from there on it is about uh their um how they react to each other as well as like their own issues that they are overcoming while becoming closer to each other okay so that's pretty, um, that pretty good good job i just made it off the top of my head i did not write it Damn. down the author is also Makoto Kato, who... Did they do anything? I'm looking on Mal. I don't really see anything. He hadn't directed anything else that I saw, really. No. Nothing that you would like, oh. recognize, probably. They directed the uh, Beautiful Bones, the one with the female oh. Sherlock Okay, yeah, person. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like Sakura's investigation, something like that. That's the only other thing I see on the list. So, well, but um, yeah. What were your guys' expectations going into it? Uh, I heard it was good, and I heard, uh, but I and I expected it to be a like a Yuri show, shoujo eye show, you know, a romance show with girls. So that's what I expected. I mean, I, I read <laughs> those first ten I mean, chapters. <laughs> Gets very the simple. Matters. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I read this back in October with Manga Club. And it was yeah. fine. Like, there was some unique paneling. And uh, Koyomi was the best girl. She made it worth it. Uh, but after I watched, like, the first episode, I had dropped it because it just seemed kind of unremarkable. And it was pretty one-to-one -to, -one to the manga. So I felt like I already kind of got it, you know? Um, so I wasn't expecting much when I had to pick this back up for the review. Uh, I also read the first two for Manga Club, and from there, I, so I basically knew what to expect coming into it. But when I was what I was expecting going into the manga was, uh, I don't know. We have a bad history of shoujo eye and shonen eye, where I mean, I I went into this right after reading Citrus. Oh God! <laughs> a lot of you know uh, sexual harassment. I was hoping that it wasn't like that, and it's not. For those who are wondering, but um, that's I was not expecting much going into the manga, and but going from the manga into the anime, I was expecting pretty much what we got, except more you know beautiful artwork because the um, PV looked very pretty. 
That was pretty okay. much it. Uh, so, spoiler-free recommendations. What do you guys want to recommend? Honestly, I probably wouldn't recommend this anime, um, generally. I I mean, the majority of it is, like, your run-of-the-mill high school student council show. That's, like, an awful lot of it. Um with like with with included romance, you know, um, I didn't really I didn't really like the characters a lot. I think that the, it's hard to like the characters when they dislike themselves so much, um, and like they even there's even a couple quotes in the show that are like that are kind of right on the nose with that that I'll get to later. But um, I don't know. I just feel like if you want to watch a romance anime, I think that there's other shows that are probably better. If it if it must be if if you're like specifically looking for a shojo I I mean I guess it's fine but like if if but but unless you like specifically are hunting for that I don't really I don't think that I would really recommend it. Mason? Um I feel like if this is your first foray into this style of romance I would say like start with something else either go with like the yaoi Dokusei, which is Classmates, or the Yuri, like, Asago oh, Tokase-san, uh, which is, like, Morning Glory and Kase-san. Oh, those are both so good. Like, those are both, like, really good starting points, and if you like those, lower your expectations and then watch this one, because it will provide, I think, what you're looking for, but as, like, a straight-up romance, this is would not be the first place I'd direct people. Hmm. Yeah. Um, For me, I think Bloom and Sea is a very interesting for if you're going into it as a character study, because I do find you to be a very interesting character and one that I feel like people, there are some people who can easily relate to her. Like seeing her struggle with figuring out why she feels nothing when a guy confesses to her and trying to understand how she really feels about Toko and dealing with a family that might not be very supportive of her choices uh, left, I don't know, left her feeling a very realistic character to me. And I like there's not a ton of melodrama in this. But I felt like most of the characters acted pretty mature for their age. But as a romance, I don't feel too strongly towards it because the relationship doesn't really feel like it progresses in any meaningful way through the 12 episodes. But I also know that this isn't the end of it. There is a second season that has been announced and the manga goes past what we have seen in this anime. Um, But I am also (laughs) a big sucker for visual metaphors and this anime doesn't beat you over the head with them, but they are in there subtly to kind of illustrate how somebody is feeling without saying it and uh, without, you know, the person who's probably trying to hide how they're feeling at the time. And I think that's very interesting. There's a great deal of flower language throughout it. And I thought that was interesting, like to read over where people dove into that. I'm a big sucker for that kind of stuff, but Overall, I think it is a very delicate shoujo eye, and I always want more of those and less of citrus. But um, no, oh I come on, <laughs> you don't like oranges. I do think it's interesting if you're looking into more of a show to really dive into a character's emotional state and their inner thoughts yourself. But I wouldn't recommend it specifically if you're looking for just a romance anime. But if all you need is uh, people to kiss. Uh... Spoiler free, girls kissing this. So if that's yeah, if that's your baseline expectation, uh, you'll get that. So um, we usually spoiler. don't get that in romance anime. <laughs> they spoiler. They, they sort of kiss. 
Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, big big ass spoilers. Right, here we go. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Spoiler things. Say, yep. Spoiler things going up. All right. So, so right now we are going to go into spoiler section and talk about everything. So, do you guys want to start with the like just the story, or do you just want to jump into whatever your thoughts are? I mean, the the story is kind of small. I mean, two girls meet, girl falls in love instantly, um, and then they kind of hang around each other and do school club activities and student council stuff. And uh, most of the anime is about their like inner thoughts and things like that. This is, you know, that's how I took it. So like, there's not, I feel like there's not like a lot of just like story discussion beyond the characters themselves. Um, do you guys feel differently? I, one thing I do want to point out that I thought was very interesting that we went over in manga club is the afterword by the author at the very end of volume one, where she's talking about, um, she just really wanted to write stories about girls and, uh, like their relationships with one another. She didn't really ever specifically say that she wanted to do romance, but then her editor said, you should do a Yuri romance. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll try it. So I think it's interesting that Blue Into You dies a lot into the characters and their inner struggles, but not so much the romance. And that might be why, <laughs> at least so far, okay. what I've yeah. read. And, and I think you nailed it right on the head because I think that the inner struggle and is what it's about. You know, the fact that they're, yeah. the fact that they're, that they're, um, you know, you know that 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 it's a Yuri show is like, I don't want to say unimportant, but like you could actually have the same character struggles. I think without that, so I can see how you're saying that. Like the editor was like, "Let's try doing a Yuri show," and then she was like, "Okay," <laughs> but doesn't but doesn't that kind of make it seem kind of frivolous? It's it's almost like their relationship isn't to have the relationship it's just kind of the vehicle for the characters to grow with each mm -hmm. other's help and it just so happens that they have that extra connection but yeah. if it was just like a deep friendship it would kind of work just as well and that's kind of how it i guess acts with the one-sidedness of the relationship but yeah that's um yeah we also mentioned in manga club Mason was also there for that, how fast Toko is quickly like, I, I think I'm in love with you. It didn't feel any of that felt natural to us. But I did think Yu's progression throughout the whole series felt pretty natural. First, she's like, really confused. Like, I don't know what to think or feel. I didn't feel anything from the guy, but... I I have a lot of interest in Toko, but you know I I don't think it's romantic. And then as gradually as it goes on, other people are talking to her about when she you know mentioned every time she mentions Toko, like I think you actually like her, and she starts coming to the realization like yeah I think I do like her. Um, or at least she wants to try that. to like her. Yeah, which counts for something, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a weird romance. Like the girl, the Toko is, she's 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 very forceful at times, and like there's a lot of kissing, but you never really. Does she kiss her back ever? Um, she's always like, oh, yeah, I I like you. Well, 
I mean, the one girl's like, I like you. And then you says, oh, well, that's really nice. But, you know, I don't really like anybody or any, I don't like you or anybody really. But then, but then like they're, but then they hang around each other all the time anyway. And then they're, they do an awful lot of kissing, but I feel like you never really wants to and never really reciprocates all that much, except for maybe like one scene in which, where they're in like the shed of the school and they're like, and sitting like, use like sitting on Toko and then, like, even then, she doesn't really go for it. So she like, tries to, and she, she just can't bring herself to she, do it. She just can't do it. And I kind of feel bad for Toko, because she's like, you is... I could see her being a very painful person to have a relationship with, because she's, like, willing to be there and willing to, um, you know, string you along, if for lack of a better word, but then she's not really very committal to it. And she's not really into it. So I don't know why she's there, necessarily. <laughs> Toko's like, I love you. And you just, like, thumbs up. I'm just confused a little <laughs> by it. And then, like, there are some comments in the show where Toko says, um, I like you, but I want you to hate me. And Yu's like, what? And, and, and Toko's like, I hate myself, so I can't be in a relationship with you. I can't be in a relationship with you if you like something that I hate. And I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, doesn't make well, any sense a great at all. Deal of it does dive a lot into Toko's um, self image and how she values herself because she doesn't like herself, so she's trying to become her sister, and that's why we get that whole thing with the play. But the interesting thing is that the image she had of her sister is not who her sister really was. When you she talks about her sister to somebody else, or I think it was you talks to somebody about Toko's sister, her, their image of what her sister was is completely different than what Toko's image was. Well, Toko talks to her sister's like classmate, the uh, right. acting guy who comes to help out with their play. Yes. Jumping yeah. all the way to the end of the story, but it is what it is. But it's important throughout the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... Um, so I think... I think I was confused why she was so... Why she moved... Well, she developed interest in you so quickly because I don't feel like you did much to earn that. But um, I don't know. It is very interesting, though. Like it's where they're both. It's not like a healthy relationship. They're both using each other for something. But I don't know. I feel like the way that it ended in the anime, well, at least of what we have seen, is pretty much how it started. I don't feel like we got any massive development yeah. in that. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I'm, 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 I'm the person. I'm the kind of person that believes that, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna love somebody, it doesn't just happen like instantly. You know, like you have to spend mm -hmm. time and develop feelings, and there needs to be maybe a moment. You know, actions speak louder than words. Like all these things are important. And like, I'm not really the fairy tale person. That's like, oh, I saw you across the room and I fell in love instantly, and now like my life's different. Like I don't really. I have never experienced that, and I don't really believe that that type of thing is necessarily, like, you know, something that exists. So, like, for her to just walk in and have you standing there, and it's like, boom, I love you. Like, I, I, I mean, it, it's tough to buy, you know? Um, agreed, but to play devil's advocate, I feel like it kind of, we're supposed to, at least I read this mainly from you's point of view, which is why we get all her internal monologue, and I think that helps us serve, like, her, like, disbelief and, like, why, why why does she like me like yeah this mm -hmm. like like it helps like disconnect us from what this romance is like 
Like, I'm sure maybe if we had a different point of view, we could see this build at least to some degree. But because we're supposed to view this from use through her eyes, where like this is not the love I was promised. This is not what I'm searching. Why it feels extra sudden and out of nowhere. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, overall, like the romance of this show is like the weakest part. Like the relationship outside of that is solid. But like yeah. the mm-hmm. that togetherness is what I think throws a lot of us off. Um, something else that I did like, though, is when you were talking about there is a lot of kissing, but I like that after the initial first kiss, they actually have a conversation about consent where Toko's like, uh, actually felt really bad about spontaneously kissing you because you <laughs> made you feel very and, awkward. And asked for, like, permission. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually asked her for permission. I thought that was a wonderful touch. I was like, man, we had never seen that in any romance anime. If someone gets spontaneously kissed, they just blow it off and don't even care anymore. I don't know. Um, but there wasn't a lot of drama of, like, you know, jealousies or anything like that. I no. thought, overall, they were all pretty mature. And I thought it was a pretty decent drama, but not a romance, I would say. I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier. And this show avoided the, the like, the biggest sin that things can commit in my mind, which is, like, the gross misunderstandings. Oh, yeah. Where, mm-hmm. like, one character says something to another and they completely misread it and another character mishears it and then they spread a like that kind of stuff that's just painful to watch and they kind of use that to create like a pseudo sense of drama all the characters here like you said are way more mature and it makes it an easier watch than had they been just daft yeah mm-hmm. I agree um, how did you guys think about like I think Mason will probably pick up on this <laughs> about the visual metaphors throughout the entire thing. <laughs> I thought they did quite a lot of it. I think the um, one that I liked the most was when the boy who really wants to be like an outsider and just watch their relationship because he doesn't want to be in a relationship. He just wants to watch other people. My man. And you're, I know. <laughs> I think we My talked man. about that in Manga Club. It's like, it's Mason. <laughs> He just wants to watch romances, but he doesn't want to take part in them. Uh, when he corners you and she's feeling very um, cornered by him in the forest when he's confronting her. And it, t- it shows that clip of a butterfly with the praying mantis watching uh, just while just casually while they're talking. I was like, man, that was done really well to really show how she felt like she was being attacked. There's also some nice, like, framing shots in, like, the very first couple of episodes where they would walk alongside one another, but there would be, like, a line or something in the road from, like, traffic or, like, whatever that just, like, had, like, that dividing line. And they did that a little bit in the manga, and I'm glad that they kept that and brought it over into the anime. Yeah, I think we talked about that. We covered that as well. One scene that I really like is when when she's, um, when Toko is jumping across the rocks in, like, the, um, like, the... It's not a lake. What was it? It was like a little water path. Yeah. She's jumping the across the rocks. across the river. Yeah. And it's that moment for the first time. She's like, I don't want you to love me. Um, or something to that effect. And you started feeling the real distance between them. And then it does everything. It puts so much stuff in between them to really illustrate how far away Toko was from her at that point. Because at this point, you is starting to become interested. She's like... I, I might have more than just a friendship feeling towards Toko, and I would like to 
try to shrink that gap, but then Toko immediately puts more space in between them. I thought that part was really well done. I mean, I feel like overall the art was pretty bland. Like, the characters themselves were very flat. Like, the world Mm -hmm. around them was pretty good, but, like, the characters themselves just were very flat. They constantly had these, like, close-up shots of characters' eyes, but they didn't do any, like, extra work. They just looked very standard. Yeah, I took... Everyone, when they moved, they had, like, no weight to them. Like, girls were, like, 90% made of fluff. And there was no, like, gravity to anything. <laughs> girls but, are made of fluff, Mason. But, but every single... Yeah, sugar, spice, and everything, everything fluff. Nice. Oh, everything yeah. fluff, fluff, yeah. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but, like, despite this, almost in every single episode, there was at least one shot that was just like, huh, they, they tried a little bit harder than they had to. Like, episode six... There's a scene where the teacher is, like, talking to you, and he takes off his glasses and wipes them and, like, pulls them across his body. And, like, the refraction of it, like, changes, like, as if, you know, it bends the light and warps the image. And they put the detail to put that in. And they didn't need to. And it was just like, that was a nice touch. Or, like you said, the water scenes. Uh, I mean, the train scene in episode two, even though that kiss was very one-sided and awkward, like... It was really well done. And yeah. they just, they, they brought out the big guns when they had to. So overall, yeah. for this kind of show, it was fine. Yeah, while I was watching it, I was taking notes on my phone. And I also put down that all of the characters kind of had the, all, at least all of the girls had the exact same face, but just different hair. Oh my God. They all looked exactly the same. So I wasn't too big on the characters, but I thought the background art was pretty solid. The background and it art was, was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the lighting was also pretty decent yeah. as well. The lighting and the background art wasn't bad, but the animation itself, I thought, was super mediocre. Agreed. Um, I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. so many panning shots and scenes where characters are, like, locked in place and frozen while somebody else talks or moves. You know, you, you, you have, like, a classroom with 15 people in it, and they're all doing something, like, eating lunch or whatever. One person's talking, and, like, the whole room is just frozen. I'm like, wow, it's, like, amazing how you can, like, all just, like, freeze in place while you're eating a well- sandwich. Even better, in episode two, they're, like, in the gym playing volleyball. And there are scenes where just this crowded gym, just every single character blanks out of existence. And it's completely empty while they have a conversation. And then they snap back in later. Right. But, yeah. uh... I guess that's Troika, you know. I don't know. That's how they do their thing. I, I do want a fun fact, though. In episode seven, when they do, like, this English pop quiz, where, yeah. like, Sayaka, like, competes against Toko... Uh, and like Toko gets like a perfect score and Saika like gets one wrong. She actually got the right answer. She just misspelled the word gradually. She only put one L in it. And I was like, that was like a nice deal to show like how close like she's pushing Toko to like her absolute extremes of like trying to be perfect. And mm. I don't know. I that was a nice little touch. But overall the art was just barely good enough yeah. to exist. Yeah, I I really did not care for the ending theme. It was very, ugh, I don't know, like, like vocaloidish, <laughs> like vocaloid almost. And I and I'm and, I'm, and I don't dislike vocaloid necessarily. It just it just didn't feel like it fit it fit the anime very well. Um, so that's I mean that's, and the music other than that I found to be mostly unremarkable. The music um, was just all melody. There was no like rhythm yeah. or like anything memorable yeah. about it. Yeah, it was as light and airy as the characters. 
Like having just watched the, the this show, I I already can't remember what the music is. So, I remember some background music that reminded me a little bit of Natsume. Well, it was like the very beginning. I can't remember what it was though. Not not the OP or ED. It was just some background music. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. I mean, while we're talking about sounds, though, I thought, especially Yu's, Seiyu, did an exceptional job. Yeah. The voice I actresses was great. And I'm not, like, deep into, like, the Seiyu market. But, like, the person who did her, Ta- Takada Yuki, uh, she was, like, a, also, like, Oba in New Game. But she, like, from her, like, internal monologues, like, her almost, like, spitefulness over, like, how dare you find love when I'm still searching and just like all the different range of it. I thought she did a fantastic job. Yeah. I, th- I really liked you as a character. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like there was a lot that a lot of different people could probably find something in her to relate to as far as being very confused in those early stages of uh, romance and trying to figure out exactly what you're looking for. I don't know. I, I really liked her a lot. Um, but she's no Koyomi. Oh my no, goodness. She's no Best Koyomi. girl. She's so good. She's amazing. I love her. What do you love about Koyomi? Uh, she doesn't have time for any of that romance nonsense. She, <laughs> wheel nose to the grindstone. She's about her writing, being the best her that she can be. She commits and she's great. And uh, her oh, and everyone else. I really like the, the outfits, like the style like, even, like, the one-off characters, like, when we see Toko's parents, like, they're wearing very, like, bland, monotone, like, white, like, pure clothes, and it just, like, fits their characters. But, uh, mm. no, all, all the characters, I thought, had great outfits that fit their personalities. Um, something that we talked about in Manga Club, um, between chapters, you know, you get those full-page art of, um, like, the chapter intros pages, and all of them were a character with a bunch of different flowers around them and -hmm. somebody in our club i believe it was matoko but could have been somebody else i'm sorry if i got that wrong (laughs) but somebody really dove into the flower language of those seeds yeah and um because we were kind of wondering what bloom into you meant and somebody was able to really dive into the flower language i thought that was pretty cool they brought that over into this but they didn't like smash it over your head nobody explained to you like this is what this means they gave you a little bit of a hint in the part where they're like what do you think of, what do you think about those flowers and um it was like when they were all walking around like which of those flowers do you like the most if you remember and um so it kind of gave you a hint that maybe the flowers relate to the story some way and it's interesting when you think about how which flower each of them picked but it doesn't smash you over the head to explain it to you it's like something to look up on your own i thought that was interesting and also the OP. The OP had a lot of flower stuff in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. So, you want to... Really quick, what do you think of the ending? Or does that just kind of wrap into the final conclusions? I mean... Because I, I, I feel like a lot of people saw the ending and were just like, oh, like it left us hanging, like this is... Less, left us in media res like this is unsatisfying and I yeah. actually didn't think that I thought that hmm. we saw enough of what the play would be and what would become of it that I didn't actually need to see it to understand 
and oh, you mean get, people come are to an idea. upset that they didn't get to see the play? Uh, yeah, I feel like people like oh. would have watched it and felt like they got gypped and like, oh, you cut us off right before the end. Yeah. I, I felt think... like I didn't need to see that come to fruition. Like, we got it. We saw them practice. We saw them grow. Oh, yeah, for sure. Into it. Like, we know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to come after it and how Toko's going to read into it. But yeah. at least for season one, I thought that was actually a fine ending point. Yeah, it was a little... Um, like, I'm, I'm not worried about the play at all. I wasn't really expecting to see that. It was a little... Um, as far as just the romance goes, I was hoping that there would be something at the end that gave us a hint that it's going to progress to something a little bit more meaningful. Because at this point, I have no idea what season two is going to be yeah. like. Because, um, I mean... I don't know. We know that Yu is very interested in Toko, but we don't know if Toko is going to be able to overcome her self-image yet, quite yet. I don't know. It's a slow burn. Probably won't yeah, even progress until season three. Sure. <laughs> um, it's interesting because a lot of, I mean, every manga is completely different, uh, at least manga adaptations. But um, usually what I read when I see an adaptation, the first anime... Uh, the first, or a manga volume, we usually cover two episodes of the anime. Usually. All of them are completely different. Or, but, um, Blue and Two, the second volume ending didn't happen to like, episode six or seven. Yeah, it got us, like, halfway through. Yeah, I was really surprised. I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna know what, like, the first couple episodes are gonna be like. But uh, then it started, it kept going, I'm like, like no, this I, is still I've familiar. read all of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was really surprised it carried me so far. Like, it just was moving so much slower than the manga was. Yeah, I mean, the ending for me was just kind of a lot like the rest of the show. Um, it didn't even feel like an ending, to be frank. Uh, if, 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 you had, if you had removed the episode number, I don't know that I would have been able to tell you at what point in the show I was. Um, I don't know, I found it a little underwhelming, but honestly, it's kind of what I expected because, you know, I've having gone through the whole show at that point, I kind of figured that, you know, the, the relationship wasn't going to, we weren't going to get a lot of visual uh, progression on the relationship. Um, you know, it's nice to hear them like having like serious discussions about themselves and things like that. But it's, it, it, I think the ending was kind of what I expected. And that is um, ultimately like, I think a lot of people were unsatisfied by the ending because they want more of the romance but like ultimately you have to realize that I don't really think that's what the show is about. And so if that's what you're like that's what you're hunting for, like yeah, I don't think you're I think you're hunting in the wrong place. You know, you're looking for a giraffe in like, you know, Europe somewhere. You're not going to find one. <laughs> um are we, are we ready for final scores? You guys got anything else? Oh, I'm ready. I think I'm set. I think I'm set. Let's do it. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I didn't think this show was really my cup of tea i would say um i was for lack of a better word bored from it through most of it um it's i don't know i found the pacing to be really tough and it was just not um i just didn't find it interesting you know i don't i don't really i, I don't know if i don't know if i'm just like not in the not in the point and mentally where i'm like interested in watching romance shows in general or, or what? I feel like I haven't really enjoyed the last few romance shows that I've watched. But, like, this one in particular, I just found it to be a little frustrating and and um, not that engaging. Um, 
And so like if I'm reviewing if I'm review, if I'm reviewing this how I how I feel like I enjoyed it, um, I'm gonna be fairly harsh on it and I'm gonna give it um, two and a half awkward kisses out of five. I just didn't didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, for me, for me, it's very, it's a very average show. It, it's, um, it tries to be more than it, it. It's more than average in some ways, like like, you know, the in terms of the characters' depth and things like that. But I, I don't watch a show just to watch like two broken characters, you know, try to find their way. Like to me, that's just not that interesting. It's just not, not entertaining enough. Um, I needed something else in there to. Um, to tie it all together, and I don't, feel, I don't really feel like this show really made the effort on that. And honestly, I don't know that the characters really, really made that much progress. And I don't know that I got evidence of that at the end. So, yeah, I, I feel bad, feel bad for the two point five, but it is what it is. Uh, Mason, I want to go last. So <laughs> excellent. Uh, yes, I will go. Uh, <laughs> So while I like the fact that a lot of the characters I kind of saw myself in when they're kind of like cold apathy to like what it means to be like in love or like the experience of being romantic. Like I was hoping that it would tell me more about myself and like give like some insight that a lot of romance shows kind of skip over. And like I said, like the romance of the show is like the weakest part, which is kind of a big knock against a show like this. But overall, I thought that despite the art, enough of the production brought it together that I, I'm i glad that I picked it back up after dropping it. Uh, so originally I had this rated out of awkward handholds, but since we <laughs> <laughs> gave it awkward kisses, uh, I'm going to have to go with two and a half. Oh. Koyomi is the best girl out of five. Don't forget it, folks. <laughs> Koyomi is um, the best girl. This, this needs to be known. She's underappreciated. What about Very the boy? Not best girl, but what about the best boy? Well, Maki's great. <laughs> he's your dude. He's, um, he's, he's kind of a, he's kind of he's kind of sick in a way. He's like, oh, I'm. Oh going, yeah. He's like, oh. <laughs> To dance. I'm keeping a secret so you can dance for me is my personal fun. <laughs> a, a private romance just for me. So perverse. My favorite. <laughs> so, so perverse. Oh man. Okay. Um, As he sits back in this empty movie theater. <laughs> empty movie theater. What? You're not supposed to love, fall in love with oh the director. <laughs> All right, um, Mandy. Lay it. Lay it on us. So yeah, I am 1000% a fan of drama. <laughs> I love broken characters trying to find their way. That's my thing. That's my cup of tea. That's true. Um, Bloomin' to You, I feel like it does have issues like we illustrated before with, um, it is labeled as a romance. And so far, at least, this could completely change in the later um in the later seasons, and I haven't read more of the manga. It could completely change. Where as of right now, I don't feel like the romance developed in any meaningful way. But as far as the drama and the characters, I really, I really, I did enjoy it. And um, I feel like if it was labeled as just a drama, I thought it would have been really awesome that they just slid in, uh, you know, um, lesbian characters <laughs> i think that would be really awesome they're like this isn't a shoujo i but they but you know it they just put them into a drama i thought that had been very awesome but um as a romance i 
I don't know. I'm interested in seeing what happens later on in following seasons. But overall, I did enjoy it, and I think I would give it uh, 3.5 Blooming Flowers out of 5. Well, well, you're right in line with uh, social media, Mandy, because according to Icy Rose, who has very generously tabulated people's scores from social media, the average score from social media was a three and a half, with the most (laughs) common score being a four, which I find um, very far from from me personally. So I'm I'm, I'm a little surprised by that, but um, that's fine. That's fine. Mandy, voice of the people coming through. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's tackle a couple mailbags and then we will peace out. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Mailbag. Bag. Bag. Did right. Mason do the dance? I tried, but I didn't have anyone to look at on YouTube Damn. to reference, so. I Sorry, kind of just wiggled, Sorry, I just kind of wiggled in my chair awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we're all on video, you can you can look awkward while you dance all you want. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, so the mailbags are on the website aapodcast.com. Along the top, there's a mailbag button. We haven't been getting as many mailbags as usual lately. When I don't know why that is exactly, but um, feel free to send me more mailbags. So on the website. Uh, the first mailbag is by Saiyan's Pride. Hey, Anime Addicts. I'm a fairly new listener. However, I have gone back and listened to to the episode since since 2016. Wanted to thank you all for doing what you do. It helps that you are all very diverse on t- certain topics and not all just agreeing on each subject. Before I do, before I go, I do have one question. As I am a new, as I am new to anime, um, even on some older titles like One Piece, I just started it. Yes, from the beginning. I don't know. That's that's masochistic. Damn. Um, I wanted. I think to... Mason did that too. <laughs> I tried. Yeah. <laughs> How far did you get? We'll talk about. It. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, so I we'll, we'll finish the mailbag and then okay. I'll answer it. I wanted to know if you guys are still fans of, of One Piece, or if you just got tired of it since it's still going on. You may have talked about it in the past, or perhaps I didn't go far back enough to do my research. Anyway, thanks, Anime Addicts. P.S. Mitts, the Hobby Addicts on Game of Thrones episode three. I feel your pain. But don't hate on Aria, bro. She's a badass. I love you guys and gal. Saiyan's pride. Shame. Shame. <laughs> Damn. All right. So how far did you get in One Piece? So I think I talked about this last time. But, like, One Piece was, like, my first, like, real anime that I started back before I knew anything better. And I watched, like, 100 or so episodes of it. And it was a pretty good time. I just kind of fell out of time to watch it but i think like middle of last year i was like you know what i kind of had like not much on my plate to watch so i figured let me start from the beginning again and really with what i know now see if it holds up and overall it does but around episode like mid 70s mid 80s i was just it just wasn't worth the time to watch compared to some of the other stuff that's out there so Am I a fan of One Piece? Yes, I love the concept of it. I like what it's done for anime, and the art, especially in the manga, is fantastic. But as like a piece of media to like consume, especially weekly if you're still keeping up with it, I think there are way better options out there. As someone who has barely seen the, much of it. 
Yeah, I honestly have never seen One Piece. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't really say anything. I mean, I've heard it's the just... movies are fantastic, but I I haven't checked them out because I'm so far behind. <clears throat> but I, yeah, I, I, I tried to get back into it, and there needs to be a good reason for me to actually commit to it. At this point... Yeah, it's one of those where when I see the episode count, I'm like, I... I don't. I don't know if I can. I mean, <laughs> I, I watched. I watched watch. all of Gintama, which itself is a massive undertaking, and that's not even half of the length. So right. Well, it's like you know, One Piece is like six hundred or seven hundred episodes an hour or whatever. But like, you could watch it and say, "Oh my god, I've watched the longest anime ever made." But no, it's not even close to the longest anime ever made. So you wouldn't even have that title for yourself because it's, it's it falls well short of. Shin-chan, um, De- Detective Conan, Sazai-san. Like, there are shows out there that are far longer than One Piece. So, I, uh, and I, I have, picture and, and someone. I, I picture someone who's, like, very invested in their My Anime List account and, like, racking up all the numbers to show, like, yeah, I'm a true anime fan. Like, I watch everything. I've seen hundreds of hundreds of thousands of anime. And they finish One Piece, and I turn to them, and I'm just like... Still only counts as one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also, on a, on a side note, Arya can't even finish her list. First of all, she wimped. Arya's the Arya's great. She went. She <laughs> wimped out when the going got rough at the end there. So she didn't wimp out. She, oh, went, she went. Hey, I don't want to die right now. <laughs> oh, she wimped out. She wimped out. If you want, if, if you want the big fish, you gotta you gotta put it all on the line. Get it? All right. So uh, who wants to read the last mailbag? I got this I, one. Okay, uh, you do it. I was going to say, this is from Moriaitis, who gave us actually the topic of this episode and a bunch of topics in the past, so keep it up. Uh, the topic, or not the topic, the mailbag is, recently, with the success of Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Dororo, Demon Slayer, and the much-anticipated Finland Saga. I don't know why I said yeah. it like that. <laughs> it seems as a <laughs> historical fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> It seems as if historical fantasy is starting to make a comeback. However, most of these are set in Japan, so my question is what historical settings would you like to see get a chance to be displayed in anime? For example, I personally think that there's a lot of potential in an Egyptian setting with the rich history, politics, unique architecture, and massive mythology Mm. could be really interesting. That would be awesome. Yeah. Is that a JoJo reference? Is that a JoJo reference? I mean, that was definitely historical, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was very historically accurate. <laughs> I'd like more I'd like more Rome, like Roman and Greek mythology. You know, or like Troy. You know, they can make it. I mean, I'm never going to get tired of watching someone siege the city of Troy. It's just badass. Um, I said something from the Italian Renaissance period would be cool. Um, I don't know what that could possibly be, but on the top of my head, I was like, you know, the area of uh, Assassin's Creed was pretty cool, so <laughs> if they did something like that in an anime, that would be, I don't know, interesting. I was saying, I want to see something from, like, the Mayan, like, Aztec era, like, something like South America, where it's kind of like, there's a lore behind it that mm. they could really kind of go crazy with and be fantastical about it. That'd be neat. I don't think we get much media from there. 
Um, what's interesting is Spirit Circle, the manga. If they ever made an anime of that, that would be pretty interesting. This is by the... Um, is that like Lucifer and the Biscuit Yes, Hammer the guy? same author, yes. Okay. I My brain is dead right now, and I can't remember his name. But yeah, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammers, same author. And Planet With and all that. Yeah, and Planet With. Um, that manga, in that uh, story, the main character relives his past lives, and it does show some of, like... Um, his life during, like, in ancient Egypt. And so that would be cool, because it does go through a bunch of different um, uh, areas that we haven't seen before, or much of in anime. And then you'd get, like, all of them, so it'd be pretty cool. I don't know if they'll ever turn that into an anime, though. Alright. Alright, guys. Well, we've reached the end. Yet again. Almost almost just a hair over two hours. That's not bad. <gasps> yeah. Not too bad. So uh, thanks everybody for listening, and if you want to once again, if you want to contribute to the podcast, you can find it at aaapodcast.com/join. We did our hobby addicts before this podcast, and we're going to be doing an after party after this, so you can get all of that on the at, at aaapodcast.com/join, and you can help help out the podcast and make sure we um, stay stick around forever, um, more or less. So um, of course you can subscribe on iTunes, you can follow us there. We're on Spotify. Um, you know, we're on Stitcher, Google, does Google play even exist anymore? I'm not really sure. Um, but, um, wherever you listen to us from, thank you very much. And of course you can find all of us on social media. Um, Mandy's at, uh, AAA underscore Mandy with an I. Are you on Twitter, Mason? Uh, I am no. not. Okay. <laughs> he should be. You can find me uh, not on Twitter, not on Instagram, <laughs> not, on not on Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> snap, snap face. Snap face. Snap face. Snap face. But you should chat. send him messages telling him to come to Vinland Saga's manga club and to skip <sighs> hockey. I'm Ooh. sorry, my people. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right, guys. We'll see you next time on the podcast <laughs> next Sunday uh, so, where we're going to do Price of Smiles and we're going to have a good time. So, see you next week. Peace out. Uh, Adios, everyone. Have a good one.